0: You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies, with your host, Richard Franzi,
1: And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. We love reviews of our show. And if on your favorite podcasting software, if you would take a few minutes to write a review... This is a great way for other business owners and CEOs to find our show. Since we started in 2009, we've reached over 175,000 listeners with our podcast, and your review might help us reach a few more. Albert Einstein said, We cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we use to create them. In 2014, Lori founded LBI to teach Edward, Dr. Edward De Bono's powerful six thinking hats and lateral thinking methods so that an organization can utilize the full creative potential and logical thinking of each member. As I said before the break, we went from an industrial engineer to a rocket scientist. Laurie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rick. Let's get started. How did you how did you get interested in innovation, and why is this important for firms to invest in fostering innovation, Lori?
0: Well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, being an engineer is... is fundamentally a lot about innovation, but I'm also an artist, and I found that when I was, there was a point in my life where I was showing in galleries and so forth, and when I did that, and then I had gotten back into aerospace engineering, and I, I did the painting before my work in the morning, my thinking started to be very different. It's, it's hard to describe it, but was finding solutions that were different than I could have logically thought about them, even relationships were, were softening where there was some tension finding ways that we could do our processes faster and safer and so forth. And so for this I, and I was much more engaged too. I was really excited to see how I could improve work and solve the problems. and, and so I really wanted to bring that back to the corporate sector and to, and to all industries because innovation is critical to to doing business today.
1: So let's talk about your firm. We're talking with Lori Buss. Her her firm is Mm -hmm. LBI Training Institute. What is it that you're doing? I sort of said a little bit in the open, but give us a sense for the kind of work that companies are hiring you to do, Lori.
0: Yeah, well, there's, you know, I, I, as I said, there I want to bring innovation back in the corporate sector, and there's so much talk about that—the innovation, creativity, and and communication, collaboration, how employees can be productive and engaged, and. And these are really big issues in an organization and can be very overwhelming as to where to start. But obviously being an aerospace engineer, I'm no stranger to big projects. And I wanted to find a systemic way of producing results. I mean, I (laughs) I could take the luxury of messing around in my studio to get more of my creative brain engaged. But obviously that's not going to work in the corporate environment. I was really looking for something proven and repeatable that would work for all personalities in any job function, any level of the organization. And I, you know, in aerospace, we do everything by process. If the satellite breaks down, whether it's in test or on orbit, you don't just start sending commands to figure out what happened. <laughs> you follow the procedures, you know? There's been experts that have written the procedures. They've been reviewed by the team. they validated on the simulator. And we call these standard operating procedures. And as I've been exposed to more industries, I find that many don't have that or they don't have that in the in the management and, and creativity and innovation realms. I, I think that people might even think we can't have standard operating procedures in our marketing department and in our product development department, but but you can and we need to. And so the the standard operating procedures that I've found for innovation, they work very well, too, with uh, getting clarity on a situation more of a managerial aspect, analyzing risk, making good decisions, and evaluating proposals well using standard operating procedures. So that's that's what I provide my clients from my background to the tools that I've found are the most excellent to so, be using in the corporate world today.
1: We're talking and listening with and uh, talking with Lori Buss, and we're talking about the kind of IP that she brings in to uh, help companies with innovation and creativity. You know, it's interesting, Lori, because what you're saying is that through using standard operating procedures and processes, you can actually release innovation within a company. And, and so, I'm going to ask you: can you can you share a little bit about the concept of lateral thinking, and maybe help our audience to understand how how that might help release innovation and creativity? Sure. Well,
0: lateral thinking is. Basically, a, a creative thinking technique, and there are a number of creative thinking techniques, and I've I've used and looked at a lot of them, and talked to other leaders about how effective they are, and I can I can get into that. But regarding lateral thinking, it's a creative thinking technique that was developed by Dr. Edward De Bono, and basically his premise was that uh, you know our brains work against us for doing something new because. We're wired to look for patterns. We make 35,000 decisions every day, and if we had to consciously think through each one of those, we we would not be able to function. We'd be paralyzed. So the brain's always looking for patterns. Do I use the accelerator or brake pedal in this situation? Do I put my, put my shoes or my socks on first? Does this food agree with me? And this pattern-seeking comes into our interactions with people and our problem-solving and our innovation efforts. When we're looking at a problem, we associate it with something we were able to successfully solve before. And, and we associate it for whatever reason. We do that with people as well. We associate them with someone with whom we, we worked in a relationship before. And we try to figure out how we did it in the past and, and solve that problem in the same way again, that we're hitting our head against the wall or, or we're um, you know, having to relate to, to someone and we associate them in the, with someone in the past and, and now... And you know, this person isn't reacting the same way and I'm getting into trouble in and relationship is disintegrating. So we're looking for patterns, and the lateral thinking jumps us out of those patterns. A good analogy would be if uh, you think of the rain coming down on the mountains and the water finds a path of least resistance and lowest potential and starts to form little, rivulets and then gullies and eventually you've got a canyon and, and do this over a few decades of our, of our lifespan and you get a lot of grand canyons and this is the way that I've traditionally thought about things and solved problems. Sounds, and like, a, sounds like a rut. Gets us, yeah, exactly. And, and it's, we talk a lot about that, that the, the neurons get stronger when we think a certain way or behave in a certain way. Um,
1: so that can work to yeah, our advantage, right. but it can also work against us, right? I mean, it, it's evolutionary, a real opportunity and advantage to be able to do these this pattern thinking and create these ruts, but in as it relates to innovation and creativity, it sounds like it may be constricting.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: So and, how does lateral thinking get you up out of that?
0: Well, it, there's seven tools under lateral thinking, and each have a number of, of variations, but it, it will jolt us out of our, our normal pattern. So... For example, uh, one of the ones that is is used, it's fairly bold, and um, so I usually try to warm people up a little bit (laughs) before we use it, but but it's it's provocation. Hmm. And so something along, you can think of it along the lines of, you know, what if our customers paid us to, uh, or, or I'm sorry, what if our customers came to us instead of us having to do marketing and go to them? The uh, like like in those like Costco or you know what if customers paid us to come to our store right uh, there's um, in the, uh, the the neighborhood watch actually in the back in New York in the 70s and 80s when it had like the worst crime rate in the world they had a, they used a provocation said well policemen have eyes in the back of their heads and out of that came the neighborhood watch program where citizens become kind of. Pseudo part of the, the police force and, and help the, the police. So provocation can often get us out of our our normal thinking patterns. You know, what if our customers believed or did the opposite of what they do now? So something along those lines.
1: So it's a, it sounds like provocation, and we only have a couple minutes to our next commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. We're talking with Lori Bus. It sounds like provocation is really asking questions that cause you to think differently.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that fair? That's what I heard you say. Did I get it? Did I get it, Lori?
0: Yeah, you got it.
1: All right, see and, that.
0: And most creative, yeah, most creative thinking techniques do do some form of that. I I thought I'd offer your listeners to, um, to look up SCAMPER. It's, it's an acronym, and we can Google it, and and um, that might be interesting to to use. Uh, Stay away from brainstorming unless it really, really works for you. But um, for the most part, research research shows that it doesn't really work. Um, When you get a group of people in together, people will take one of a couple different stances. One, they'll they'll still say what they they think is within the bounds of reason. They don't want to look like a fool and (laughs) say something too outlandish or something that might be perceived as stupid. Others will go as extremely outlandish as possible and, and there's really no hook back into what the original issue was. It's like, okay, we're so far out of the box we can't even tether or see the box anymore. And um and then others kind of sit back and use it as entertainment and um way to get some laughs and so forth. What what they found though is if you have people do you kind know, of brainstorming individually before they come to the meeting, it really warms things up. And um, I often ask people to just uh, write ideas down in maybe 20 minutes, 50 ideas. And when you just keep going and keep going, you get through the standard ones, and then you start getting through into some new ideas. And uh, another technique De Bono uses is called random entry. Mm-hmm. And I was making one of these lists one evening for a, for a work project. And uh, it was a, I was at a conference, and it was a hotel room, and it was late at night, and I really didn't want to be doing this. And I had the TV on. And I started using the scenes in the TV as kind of random entry as I was thinking about my project. So suddenly there was a, a river, a bridge over it on TV, and I thought, well, how can I, how can I bridge this? Or there was mm-hmm. a lawyer running to the courtroom, and it, it, you know, so those things are just associating with something that we wouldn't normally associate our, our problem or our focus on.
1: I'm talking with Laurie Busch. She is the founder of lbi training institute i think you used provocation on me earlier in this interview when you said brainstorming doesn't work and that caused me to go what why you you shook me out of my comfort zone did you do that intentionally laura
0: no but i have a knack for doing that
1: but is that a is it a valid example of kind of what what you're talking about it's challenging convention and
0: yeah. Well, that came about just from my research, and I and I and I could tell from my own experience too. Especially working with engineers um, uh, and and more logically oriented um, analysts and, and financial experts, it's it's hard to get out of that logical mindset. Um, so brainstorming in a in a group has been found not to but i'm I, you know, i'm very glad it, it's a provocation i think i might use that now.
1: yeah i think i, I uh, based on the experience of one as valid as that might be it worked in this in this setting so thank you for that we're gonna we're gonna take our next commercial break here on critical mass radio show when we come back with the time that we have left i'd really like to focus on part of the other ip that i know that you've mastered and that you're using to help companies uh dr debono's six thinking hats can we talk about that when you come back Absolutely. All right. You don't want to go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. You want to listen to this next segment of our interview with Lori Buss after these words from our sponsors.
2: Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret with the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days, all with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com
1: for more information. And welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. You know, a great way to stay informed about our guests is to sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to CriticalMass4FORBusiness.com F-O-R, and at the bottom of any of the pages you'll see a box that says Join Our Mailing List. Simply type in your email address and hit subscribe and you will start receiving automatically our weekly newsletter, which has information about our upcoming guests as well as special insights from me. We don't sell our newsletter database. We don't use it for anything other than our weekly announcements of our guests. So if you're interested in the content like what we're doing here today with Lori, please find our website and subscribe to our mail list. All right, Lori, I'm talking with Lori Buss. She is the founder of LBI Training Institute. We talked a little bit about lateral thinking in the last segment, and this one I wanted to really have you share a bit about the IP behind Dr. DeBono's six thinking hats. Can can you give us a, a primer on that, a little overview of the concepts?
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, the something that maybe you'll consider a provocation as well is that we have Several different modes of thinking, and when we're looking at a decision, or we're looking at a at a problem or a proposal evaluation. We tend to mix them all up at once, kind of like four color printing. If you can put out each color separately, you've got a beautiful color. But if you put them all on together, you get mud. And whenever you're looking at a at a innovation and whether to invest more resources in it, take it to the market. You've got a proposal to evaluate. You have a decision to make. The you've always got your your facts and data. You've got your pros and cons. You've got some alternatives and, and maybe some creative ideas, things you could do differently. And you're inherently going to have some emotion around it, uh, or or some gut instinct. And of course, we in the corporate world, we no, nobody has emotion, and so we disguise it as logic. But we all know what a hidden agenda means. And so that's exactly what I'm talking about. Um, So we have these different modes of thinking, and we tend to not recognize that we're using them all at once, especially when we're in a group, when we're in a meeting. And so you may have one person putting out a new idea, and another person fires back with some facts and data, and someone inevitably is going to uh, knock down that idea because uh, we are all looking for for danger. That's kind of part of our reptilian brain and also evolutionary fundamental fact that we have to deal with. But we get in a meeting and nothing really gets done. We get a lot of churning. And so if you can separate out each of these modes, separate out your facts, your benefits and value from your risk and analysis, the, the obstacles you may need to overcome, the problems with your idea, from then your creative ideas, your alternatives, the possibilities, as well as your emotion, if you can separate those out, and especially when you can get everybody in one mode of thinking at once, it's really phenomenal. Uh, I, I recently spoke with Dr. David Tanner, who started Dupont Center for Creativity and Innovation in 1990, and he's used these tools for decades. And I called him and I said, you know, what's, what's the downside of the, the six thinking hats, which essentially separates out these modes of thinking? And he said, you know, they're genius. They're really yes. genius. And that's what I found. They It helps with generational communication. It helps with people who have, some language barriers if english isn't their their first language or there's some cultural differences um reduces a lot of ego and conflict are some of the, the byproducts of it but it really allows you to look at uh, your your creative efforts or your decisions your your proposals and in, in just a much more multi-dimensional i mean you get the full thinking of, of the intelligent people that work for you um and that's just gonna you know Knock your competitors' stocks off. Your most valuable asset is actually
1: your people. Right. We're talking with Lori and We're talking about some of the things she knows that help companies spark innovation and creativity in their company with the six thinking hats. Do you find in your experience that the the effort on companies that want to adopt this is learning about the hats or? Understanding and perfecting how to apply it within their business creativity and decision making processes.
0: It doesn't. Can I say this? It, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. Um, <laughs> 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 it, <it's, laughs> I yeah. I know. I don't normally do that, but anyway, it came to, into my mind. But it once the once the, the sixth thing has to basically the, the fundamental concept is it's fairly simple to grasp. There are some nuances when you do when you are leading a team or when you're in a meeting. Uh, anything from a performance review to a weekly status meeting to a, a session for uh, product improvement or, or new new innovation, there are a lot of nuances. If, if somebody makes a comment, you may not be quite sure under what hat that falls and, and how to kind of moderate and facilitate, especially if you're introducing it to your team and they have not done the training. But it's fairly simple once people know the, the language and if there's a, a knowledgeable uh, person in the room, whether they're the, the meeting the leader or, or not, but someone who can just kind of keep an ear tuned out for some of the subtleties and also know how to, how to sequence the hat. Obviously, you're going to, it's going to look a little different doing a performance review than a uh, creativity session where you're trying to solve maybe a major issue with your, your product line, for, for example, and it's an all-day session.
1: So is it? It seems like to me that companies at first the the actual application of the different hats might feel a little bit forced as they're learning, but I would think as the culture comes around and the, as they apply it more, it it might become more automatic and then more subtle in how companies use the six thinking hats to spark innovation and creativity.
0: Yeah, it's it's like anything new, it feels awkward it might feel a little bit gimmicky people might want to water it down but then it loses, loses its, its effectivity it it does like anything it feels a little bit awkward it may feel tedious at first but i've but you're changing and and changes usually hard and and require some effort, but that's already setting you apart then from the competition. If change was easy, everybody would be doing it. Right. And so once the once it, it can be learned and it begins to become more routine, then uh, it was interesting at, um, at, at a, couple, uh, a couple companies uh, recently, I was, I was talking to some of the folks who had retired from there, and they had used six thinking hats. And they said uh, many corporations have a have a sign in the meeting rooms that they, you know kind of etiquette for for meetings and so forth. And they actually put on there use the six thinking hats. Hmm. So it's, it it really uh, made I uh, made a powerful statement. And uh, the other thing I want to mention too is that that a team or an organization can use hats on their own. It doesn't take an executive mandate to say okay you can use the six thinking hats. It's it, it doesn't need buy-in from the top um, or the bottom. So it's, it's really nice because it's flexible on that then. Right. If
1: someone would like to follow up on this conversation and learn more about th- this IP through you, how do they find LBI Training Institute online, Laurie? How, how do they find you?
0: Uh, very easily, lbitraining.com. Uh, you could email me, Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at lbitraining.com. Um, and I've I found, I found that it's difficult to just talk about the power of the thinking tools and that they really need to be experienced. And so I offer a 59-minute free demonstration for teams or, or even meeting with an executive or director for a half hour or so one-on-one to use the tools so they can get a sense of the applications and the possibilities of using the tools in their organization.
1: Well, that's a generous offer. Okay, and they can get that through the website and contacting you.
0: Absolutely. All right.
1: Well, thank you for sharing a slice of what you know about the subject and being a a friend of the radio show and a part of the critical mass community. Lori Buss, I appreciate your time.
0: Absolutely. It's a privilege. Thank you,
1: Rick. Have a good day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to call it uh, this segment closed here on Critical Mass Radio Show. I'd like to thank our advertisers, Center Club, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, Sunup Group, and T and & Company. Our engineer for today is Paul Roberts. Joan Park is our producer, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about the radio show and my firm, visit our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. We do love subscribers to our newsletter, and we'd encourage you to do that as well. And until the next show, I hope all of your business decisions will